William is the man, man in black. black. William is the man in black. William is the man in black. There are no boys in Westworld. There are no swords in Westworld. But there's certainly a lot of gore. Later on, you'll have a nightmare filled with killer cowboy robots. But for now, it's time for boars, gore, and swords. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. This is Boars, Gore, and Swords. The third best Deadwood podcast on the internet. How much are Wu and Swedgen my personal ship? Is Timothy Oliphant the handsomest man in the Old West, so much so that it often distracts me from the rest of the show? Do I hate most of the accents in the third season because it's basically David Milch going, look at this funny person talking to this other funny person, and there's Brian Cox. You'll get some answers or none at all. I much prefer Timothy Oliphant's medieval version while singing comedically. <laughs> it's a different. It's a different Tim you're thinking about. That's Tim Omenson. Oh, really? Yes. Those are two different. He names? is also in Deadwood, though. No. Yes, he is absolutely. This in Deadwood. is too much for He's me in to the handle. First two episodes. We are also covering Westworld today, episode one X O eight. The the title of the episode I forgot to look up this Trace time. Decay. Trace Decay. Is I, that something that you, as a technical person, would be able to perhaps illuminate? Trace Decay is the description of. Uh, in in this instance, they're referring to the normal human logarithmic loss of memory, mm-hmm. where when it ex- when you experience it, you're like, this is very vivid, mm-hmm. and then the next day, it's like you know ballpark here like half is vivid and the next day it's like you know half of that is vivid and and so on and so forth unless you're mary lou henner unless you're mary lou henner that's the one perfect case recall where you have perfect recall or my grandmother she's, she's still got perfect recall she still asks me about friends that i have in middle school that i don't remember <laughs> that i don't remember she's in her late 80s wow no it's crazy i've never had as good a memory as she has and i'm like my dad was adopted, wasn't he? <laughs> Just say they say it skips several generations. Yes. <laughs> I hope so for my grandchildren's sake. So this is Westworld 1X08. But before we can discuss it, we have to know what happened up till now. <clears throat> so we need to know what's happening previously on Westworld. The DLC itself is the sum of a developer's life. I want to find Dolores, and not just for sexual reasons, but also for sexual reasons. The concern with the reveries is that the comeuppance might be too radical. I'm getting out of here, and you two are going to die helping me. Wait, forget that I said that. I'm not one. I can't be. Wait, actually, now that I think about it, it does fit. All the fan theories were right. And finally, no, please, you can't explain away this violence against a woman as being a satire of video games. They're definitely going to explain away that violence against women as a satire against video games. Oh, they're definitely going to try. Well, we'll see. I mean, maybe not. Now now that we've seen some of the evil things that uh, the man in black has done as a way to sort of test what kind of person he is, um, it's... It might be interesting to see. Well, I think I think that will be a very pivotal moment when we learned what happened with the man in black and Dolores in that barn. Yeah, it, it is getting more and more that that guy's fan theory that he did not take her into the barn for yeah. very problematic reasons might actually be correct. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if hopefully because they still subjected us. Like when you make me think something's happen happening in that fake barn, mm-hmm. like you made me imagine it. Yeah, like that's like. 
I, you made me create. That's worse than you creating it on some level. It's like, oh, oh, that's the first thing your mind goes to, huh? Yeah, fucking thanks, Jonathan Nolan. Now I'm implicit in this terrible act. <laughs> and that's rape culture. If you had just shown it to me, I could have just judged it and felt better about myself. <laughs> Look, if they could have shown us him fucking sticking his knife into her fucking brain to alter some shit around or whatever, yes. then we could have all been like, oh, good. Right. He's... Ed Harris is not complicit in rape culture. He's on the side of artificial intelligence <laughs> because he realizes that free will is an illusion and all the choices we make are fake. Exactly. He was just he was just in that barn being a good male ally. Yes. But that is not the way it is played out. Um, I have a lot of cords around my feet. You truly do. All right. So I, I started rewatching before this episode. I'd actually seen... I'd been on kind of a rolling loop where every week I would watch like the last two episodes mm-hmm. because, you know. The, so how I, many times have you collectively watched most of these episodes? The episodes I've seen the most, I've probably seen four times, mm-hmm. but that's not every episode. And like, so, uh, and, and it's also, like I said, it's, I've just been watching the most recent ones because I don't know about you, but I don't have eight and a half free hours every week to watch all of the. <laughs> Honestly? I think you kind of do these I days. I don't. I don't. It seems like I should, but I'm not. I'm not that efficient with my time. In, in past times of the podcast, that would have absolutely been true. But I do believe you <sighs> generally have eight and a half free hours these days. So, so the thing, like this time, I went back and instead of uh, I had time today to watch two episodes, mm-hmm. and instead of watching the fifth and sixth one like I would have previously, I watched the first and second one because I hadn't in a long time. And man, especially after last week's revelation, those read very differently. Yeah. How how does this affect generally all of the Bernard scenes that we have previously seen? So the opening scene of the entire show is Bernard questioning Dolores on an empty floor. It's it's the same floor as the modern buildings, but and I don't know if it's supposed to be meaningful or if it's a cool effect, but it is a pretty empty floor mm-hmm. and they have just turned all of the lights on and it seems that just Dolores is there mm-hmm. and it's clearly Bernard's voice and 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 the one thing that I have to say is when you go through I mean it becomes to me I, I'm going all in yeah I'm not hedging anymore it becomes obvious that the scenes where he is alone with Dolores questioning her where she is fully dressed he has an aggressiveness to him that is not present in any of the other scenes where he is Bernard. So I'm going to say that 90%, that is Arnold, mm-hmm. back in those scenes where he's dressed. It seems like a different character. We also know that Jeffrey Wright was informed about this twist before it happened. They didn't do that Obviously. thing. I, I mean, mean I, it's, of course it's a great decision, but knowing that, you know that he was able to inform his performance. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're able to read those scenes as such. So you read that as... Bernard acting as Arnold or his proxy in that uh, case and not Ford's proxy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I would also be able to read that as uh, Ford uh, working through Bernard to try to get at whatever uh, Arnold has dug into Dolores, as it were. It's possible, but even in... I I would expect if that were the case that, especially after we see him in this episode... Mm -hmm erase Bernard's memories, we would see that version of Bernard. Like we would see some merging of those two different personalities that I see. And we haven't yet. And maybe we will. And then I'll have to second guess that. But yeah, he just seems very aggressive, much more curious and much more 
um, untethered, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like that the, that the old Bernard scenes are definitely Arnold and and they're just trying to throw us off the trail this episode. All right. That'll be interesting to see. Um, also, just a weird little line. Much like you said, there's always two viewings. There's post-twist and pre-twist. Oh, those Nolans love to do that shit. So uh, one of the things in episode two, which I uh, hadn't watched, we have the man in black say to Lawrence in the scene where he has uh, Lawrence captured Mm -hmm. and they're in front of the bar or the, yeah, the the bar. Yes, in front of the bar in the Arrested Development fucking setting. Exactly. Uh, The man in black says to Lawrence, "Uh, you and I killed ghosts. Ghost Nation Braves in their winter grounds, which is the storyline that they're current were currently growing through mm-hmm. the last time we'd seen them before this episode. Um, so it's you just feel it all tying together. Yeah. So you are definitely of the mind that there are uh, multiple timelines. Oh yeah. Because that yeah obviously it's, it's seeming more and more like that is definitely it's, the case. Yeah. I I know I made fun of it as as recently as the episode four or five podcast, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems pretty clear to me that. Yeah, man, I just can't happening. wait until they reveal that all this is happening in a space station in an autistic boy's mind. Yes, yeah. that's that's all I want to happen. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. <laughs> where, where does this fit, fit into the great Saint Elsewhere continuity universe? Also, also cutting back, it's so obvious that Bernard is explicitly pumping Teresa for information. Of course, he is. For like. Literally, they've just had sex, and he's like, she's about to leave. And he's like, hey, stay a while. Let's talk. <laughs> Maybe about things involving Ford or what you plan to do to him or how you plan to undercut him. <laughs> like, I forgot that he said that verbatim. <laughs> I thought it was really weird when he went, let's talk about work and work-related functions. And I, I know we commented and joked about it at the time, but I had forgotten that Teresa literally accuses him of being a host. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Everybody has been accused of being a host jokingly or not throughout the course of the series up to this point. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, the, the way it comes about is Bernard is explaining uh, why the hosts talk to each other when nobody else is around. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's for practice. And Teresa says, is that what you're doing now? Doing it for practice? <sighs> yes. We all thought that they were just making fun of autistics. Yes. <laughs> Turns out, no, not not such a noble reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, this episode was written by Charles Yu and Lisa Joy, mm-hmm. which made me. I, I just had the thought: Is JJ Abrams just an acronym for Jonathan Joy Abrams? <laughs> maybe, maybe he doesn't. What does JJ Abrams look like? I can't imagine him. <laughs> if you can't imagine him, maybe he's just an amalgam of Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. I'm trying to picture JJ Abrams right now, and all I see is a big, thick pair of glasses and spiked hair. Exactly. Yeah. Which could be anything. Exactly. This episode starts off with Ford. Bring yourself back online, Bernard. <laughs> this is this is such a beautiful moment. I feel like this is what every game dev feels when their AI finally kills a human player. <laughs> It's like you you always hope so much for your bots to finally exceed what you always hoped for them. Is this how Ford's going to die? Like one of his androids is going to stab him and he's going to be like, it's so beautiful. Like, listen, if Bernard doesn't kill Ford, what the fuck is this show even doing? Why, why are we even here? Exactly. Uh, we, we see. So Bernard's freaking out. Teresa, she's gone. 
I, I cared for Teresa, loved her, gave her that good good. And so one thing uh, I think me and a lot of people on the internet assumed that the machine was making a replacement for Teresa in the mm. background. And it's clear we are – they just let her be found. She's dead. Yeah. Um, She's straight up dead, so we don't know how much, if any, there is going to be any. This person was a human person, right. but they are now host. I, I suspect that – I mean, now that we know he can manufacture hosts and he has Bernard, mm-hmm. I, I, somebody somebody's going to be – Yeah. We, we, just, we just don't know who yet. Yeah, I, and, and we, it, it's confirmed Bernard was never a human person. Bernard was never a human person. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not confirmed that it wasn't based on somebody else. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see. Suddenly some guy, some guy shows up as a background actor and it's just Jeffrey Wright being like, hey guys, I'm not Bernard. <laughs> oh, so there's something, uh, several of you have asked us to get Kelly on this show mm-hmm. and she refuses because she loves Deadwood. Hates Westworld. Hates and believe it. me, I've been like, listen, just because fucking Westworld and Deadwood are both HBO prestige productions doesn't mean that necessarily liking Deadwood means that you can't like Westworld. Right. And then she goes, Westworld is stupid and Deadwood is great. And I'm like, well, I can't agree with that. I disagree with that entirely. Well, here's, here's like, I feel like if everybody added Kelly Anakin on Twitter and was like, <laughs> hey, Afra, something along these lines, apropos of nothing at all. But I love Deadwood, and I feel like Westwood, you know, it starts off a little rough, but eventually it's, it's, it's almost as good as Deadwood. <laughs> Listen, if anybody wants to tweet at her with the hashtag Watch Westworld. Yeah, at the fatling, hashtag Watch <laughs> Listen, Westworld. I'm not going to tell a bunch of people to tweet something at a woman no. just because she's in disagreement with us. I, I, I normally wouldn't, but I feel like she would appreciate it. <laughs> in this she case. probably would. So everyone follow her at right. the fatling uh-huh. and tell her. Very gently, just be like, hey, watch Westworld. Yeah. Hey, um, I respect you and admire you as an individual and would love if you would hashtag watch Westworld. <laughs> if uh, anything, just so she can come on the podcast. And and would like you to be on at Borscore Swords. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. Just say that into Siri. <laughs> just the way we've described. Or Google Assistant. Uh, mm, Siri. <laughs> That's Nobody uses Google Assistant. Nobody has ever used Google Assistant. You yourself were the author of so many of the motions. So the suggestion is what you were referring to is that Bernard was built to be a robot with some understanding of programming Mm -hmm. who would be able to better build other robots, which is so bizarre to me because I feel like that makes sense to me intuitively, but only because as a host, he should have better understanding of hosts, which doesn't work at all when you don't let him know he's a host Mm -hmm. or give him no sense of introspection. We don't know how deep the rabbit hole of his own understanding goes, because it could be that, you know, Ford is constantly wiping his mind. Mm-hmm. We know that he is. We yeah. know that he has previously wiped the memory of fucking choking the shit out of Elsie. Okay, so can we talk about it for a second? So when we were all watching, they cut to the scene of him choking Elsie, which is mm-hmm. what you all believe it is. And I was like, oh, that didn't look like Elsie. And so I backed up. We're, we're watching on... Still doesn't quite look like Elsie. I mean, listen. I mean, we, we need to go back to it and be like, is that Shannon Woodward? I have not been choked to death before while looking at myself in a mirror. <laughs> I imagine it looks very stressful. But as somebody with orange hair, I feel like I'd be able to recognize me. But uh, w- when you choke out a brunette with a ponytail, it looks like almost any brunette with a ponytail. <laughs> I feel like that is a sentence that is going to come back to haunt what? you in court. No, listen. 
<laughs> I have two goals in life. One, to have the best television recap podcast of all time. <laughs> and number two, to run for the Senate of the United <laughs> States. And I feel like this won't come back and haunt me at all. <laughs> Listen, is the choked out brunette lobby going to come after you? Because I think that they kind of have some other problems to worry about. Yeah, they got... Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But I... I, I I mean honestly like you guys were like Elsie and I didn't recognize her face when they showed her boots I was like oh that kind of looks like Elsie's boots mm-hmm. that was the only thing that I was like yeah it's probably Elsie yeah and it was in a generically dark environment which we right. could assume to have been the theater that she was in which is uh, so two things one huge disappointment because Shannon Woodward as Elsie is fucking magic mm-hmm. oh yeah she's great she's so so good and if she's wait did I get the right name Shannon Woodward okay yes. good yeah. Um, I got very concerned. But number two, we don't get an answer. So one of the weird – every time I go back to the first episode, there's a weird scene where Elsie – we call her Lady Creep mm-hmm. because she kisses an unconscious um, host. And, and like that was one of the big threads for me is how is that going to pay off eventually? Mm-hmm. And like if she is dead, the answer is never. Yeah. I mean – And that's very frustrating. We were shown uh, her being choked out, but we were not shown her being explicitly killed. God, I hadn't considered that. I really, as much as happened in there, I hadn't considered the fact that we haven't seen her dead yet. Yeah. You know, uh, I always consider in any one of these shows, fucking unless you are absolutely shown (laughs) the corpse, they're not dead. Teresa, we've seen the corpse. We've seen the corpse. Absolutely fucking dead. But there is still a chance for her to be doing something. What if if Ford actually did make a Teresa host, then killed that host, and that's the dead host we saw. <laughs> that is... I, I it's honestly think that might be world. too many layers. <laughs> that might be too many layers, I even for a Nolan. Who's, who's to say? Whose responsibility is it to say how many layers there should be? <laughs> Jonathan Nolan's. It's his responsibility. I, and Lisa Jones. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and J.J. By the way, do we know what the fuck J.J. Abrams actually does on this show besides just be like, hey guys, I'm J.J. Abrams. Please watch his show. I, unlike every other show, I'm not going to pretend I know what all these fucking fake show business names actually mean. <laughs> Executive producer. Producer. Director. Like, in, I'm, who knows? I they, mean, listen. Stan Lee's an executive producer on every Marvel movie, and he doesn't do a fucking thing. He, he shows up for his cameo and cashes checks, and that's it. The weird thing is, like, how old is he's in his nineties now, right? Yeah, they they actually filmed uh, about three of his future cameos just in case. Yeah, yeah. And so the point, like, I, I, I guess it's good to be useful, but like, if you're in your nineties, man, find a bridge club. <laughs> Listen, he's got to keep going out there and cashing checks and claiming credit for work that other people did to make characters. So I, for an, another part... Oh, by the way, first off, I, we, we've, we've neglected this. Thank you, thank you so much for our Patreon listeners for supporting th- the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. And also, uh, there is a, another episode up there, the book club podcast that we uh, fucking shoved away in order for us to do Westworld. Right. So we put that we put that uh, one up uh late last week, Friday last mm-hmm. week. Um so that 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 episode is up and we have all the great British Bake Off episodes. Obviously we're going to I haven't even discussed it with Ivan, but of course we're doing the Christmas Great British Bake Off episode whenever that comes out. That, I think that was a joke. What no, no, no. The oh, reference oh, the, was a joke. The reference was a joke which by the way but there I, is, by the way Go ahead. There was another person who was like, wait, people actually sit on cakes as a fetish and I was like, Yes 
You t- what have I tried to tell you people? Yeah, this is one of those things you won't be caught off guard with if you listen to our podcast. <laughs> people are sitting on cakes. Some people are jerking it to people sitting on cakes. <laughs> I don't endorse any of this, but we know it happens. That's mm-hmm. the important thing. Listen. Education is half the battle. I don't endorse genocide. I know when it's happened. Yes. So what we are referencing is Sue Perkins, one of the glorious hosts of the Great British Bake Off, mm-hmm. retweeted... It, it was art- a Guardian article about people sitting on cakes for money on the internet. And she said, spoiler, this is the technical challenge for the Great British Bake Off Christmas episode. <sighs> I, I thought it was entirely a joke because I didn't know that they'd be having a Christmas special, but that's going to be great because fucking last hurrah. My, my understanding is that the, yeah, that the Christmas episode is a regular thing. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. Maybe the cake sitters lied to me. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about people who sit on, on cakes, they're very untruthful people. <laughs> they're like, hey, are you going to sit on this cake? And they're like, no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're, we're like $11 away from hitting our $1,000 a month goal. Ooh. And, you know, guys, we'll give you some good content. We're, we're going to give you some content. We'll give you some of that good good. So hit that up, patreon.com. Slash Boar's Gore Swords. The, the link is always in the show notes. Indeed. And I feel like the second thing you were going to ask me was, how is Doctor Strange? No! Yes! No, Too late. I'm going to give my opinion on it. It's fucking stupid bullshit, but I loved it anyway. It's like fucking, here's a bunch of uh, plot points that Kevin Feig was like, you have to hit these. Paul and they Feig's were like, brother? <laughs> Paul Feig is not nearly as effective as a producer as Kevin. Oh, and they were like, hey, you have to hit all of these stupid plot points and get fucking Doctor Strange in position to be in the further MCU. And fucking stupid Scott Derrickson and the fucking 18 people who worked on the script were like, you got it, boss. And fucking went about it in a fucking dumb, obvious way most of the time. But the the visual sequences where they got real trippy were fucking amazing. Yeah, I've actually heard this is the first movie. I saw it in 3D. And generally, most of the Marvel 3D uh, uh uh, conversions are kind of afterthought-ish, yeah. but this was trippy as fuck and Ooh. real good to watch. There's really only, like, there's one scene very early that's, like, this, like, three-minute fucking mind-bending 2001-ass trip into pure psychedelia, and then it kind of gets a bit more conventional, but there are a few scenes in there where you're like, this is some good-ass shit. And, you know, if you're fucking... If you're if you've bought into the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point, you're gonna fucking watch it and you're gonna enjoy it. But if you if you if you're one of those people who's like, I don't give a fuck about Doctor Strange, don't bother. Doctor Strange or Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy in a fucking mile, bro. Okay. I'm just saying that's the only worthwhile Marvel movie, and I can move on. I mean, listen, I'm not going to argue against that. <laughs> also, I saw The Handmaiden, Park Chan Wook's new film, good as fuck. This podcast is a safe space, right? Is it about the Handmaiden's Tale? No, it's about... It is an adaptation of The Fingersmith, uh, which was a novel set in Victorian England about these, uh, uh, you know, about this uh, maid who gets brought into the employ of this high society lady, and it gets very lesbianic and very deeply fucked up. And he transposed that story to uh, Korea under Japanese rule. So I still have to read The Handmaiden's Tale. You still have to read The Handmaid's uh, Tale. I've been meaning to read that for like 12 years. It is. Listen, if there's any time to read The Handmaid's Tale. I know. Now. 
I, and, and listen, if I you, understand it's been moved to the nonfiction section. Uh, uh, if you don't want to, Hulu is coming out with an adaptation this year. No, I have to, I have to read the book. But you have, have to, to fucking read I The Handmaid's read the Tale. Margaret, Everybody needs to read The Handmaid's Tale. Margaret Atwood is great. Margaret Atwood doesn't have that many years left. She's very old. We all need to value her now. Yes. What other movie did I see? Westworld, the television <laughs> show. <laughs> True. So Bernard, I mean, we're still on the first scene, but he built, um, so Bernard at this point is so angry at Ford and he has the same hate face that Dolores had, Mm -hmm. um, at, I I forget if it was, it was in the town, but there's one point where Dolores had that, like, I'm going to kill you right now face that many people have stolen to use as their profile pictures Mm -hmm. that I feel like he was emulating the same face. I feel like there's a model somewhere on set that everybody's like look like this <laughs> so, that would be hilarious if they limited the number of expressions intentionally yeah oh i i wouldn't be surprised i i feel like but, listen, jonathan nolan's gonna cover all of that this motherfucker loves video games and he's really going at it i i believe i don't know if we've mentioned that he has explicitly uh taken from uh skyrim red dead redemption and bioshock and oh Red-Dead. yeah yeah explicitly yeah, yeah. explicitly and and there's but there's there's some things there's clearly some commands for Bernard. Mm-hmm. I think the mention of Bernard's dead child is a command for him to like go about his business and to like not investigate this any further. Because mm-hmm. if you'll notice, anytime the two of them are talking to each other, like there's a couple times where he just ends the conversation like like your dead son Bernard, and like he should be like, hey, stop bringing up my dead son. But instead, he's like, good point, and then leaves. <laughs> I think that might be one of the subtler commands. Yeah, and then uh, he says, "Can you do that for me, Bernard?" And <laughs> would you kindly? Yes. <laughs> um, it cuts from there to Bernard deleting stuff from the computer. Mm-hmm. He's he's picking up individual Teresa hairs from his uh, apartment. He incinerates them. And and some letters. nuclear incinerator. Yeah, that was real fun. If somebody doesn't get thrown into that by the end of the fucking season, I will be oh, very upset. Yeah, Sylvester. If Sylvester gets thrown into a nuclear incinerator by the end of the season, I will laugh so much. I don't see what you have against redheads. I feel like he's done nothing wrong. If they threw the you into that nuclear incinerator, I will it. laugh so fucking hard. God damn it! <laughs> we we haven't talked about your starring role as Sylvester. It took me a long time to grow my hair out that long. <laughs> he promises uh, to free Bernard. It's weird. He like blackmails her, him, sort of. Like I don't, I don't know what to say because it's clear that he has Bernard under his controls. Mm-hmm. But the format of it comes off as blackmail, where he says like, "Hey, if you do all this stuff for me, I'll erase all these memories, and you'll be able to go back to the way you were before." Yeah, I don't completely get the dynamic between them i assume that he has slightly more autonomy than a normal host just in order to be able to fully pass as a human right among all of these people who are so able to you know identify hosts and all of their behaviors i i mean i assume so but I, I, I have to i have to assume that there's like three different layers of bernard understanding at work where like layer one is like bernard fully as a human you know, acting as a human. Right. Layer two is like Bernard, who knows he's a robot, but has still has some autonomy. And then layer three, that's just completely under Ford's uh, command. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, 
that makes sense, but it's definitely they didn't do anything to clarify that for us. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And who knows if they will? That's the beauty of a Nolan project. So the last thing he does before he erases the memories is he says, just quick, have you ever had me do this before? And he says, no, of course not. And then he flashes back. And so that's the moment we've already discussed it, but that's the moment where he flashes back to him choking someone who is almost certainly Elsie. Mm-hmm. Though they don't show her actually dying. They just no. show the choking part, and then they move on. Yeah. So then we cut from there to the Mariposa. Where fucking the this has- player piano. This fucking magic 102.7 greatest hits of the fucking 60s, 70s, and 80s motherfucking player piano going with House of the Rising Sun. Yeah. where Who is it? It's like War, I think. Is that who sings No, I, I. it's... Uh, fuck, it was the guy who I believe was in War later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's his name. His name's like, and he's like, if I remember correctly, he is, he was one of the kings of behind the music. Yeah. He was one of the, the like, and then I had the drug breakdown and then I built myself back and then I had another drug breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Cause House of the Rising Sun is one of those fucking songs that gets played yeah. everywhere constantly yeah. all the time. Of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he still sings it now, but he's like 70 and he can't really pull it off and it's just sad, but it's the only hit he has, but he has no money because he's terrible with money because of the drugs, because of the drugs. It's like he didn't watch his own behind the music. Right? (laughs) It seems like he should have learned. Um, Can you mention the subtitles? So we watch for the subtitles on because you missed so many things if you don't. I fucking love that the subtitles specifically refer to New Clementine as New Clementine. Right. So the blonde woman who replaces Clementine at the Mariposa, which (laughs) you can see Ivan just grimacing at the fact that they'd replaced an attractive brunette with a blonde woman. (laughs) Oh, my God. They betrayed me. (laughs) And then you see the subtitles. New Clementine says it was the best. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was pretty good. And Maeve oh. has a flashback to when she had her daughter because, as we are repeatedly reminded, even androids have the biological imperative. <laughs> it's even androids have the worst problem that you can possibly have as an android, which is remembering clip packages. Clip packages? Clip packages. Okay. Clip, I, clip yeah. packages. Yeah, no, I. I've, I felt like I heard a solid, uh, like a, a solid harder, T. You a heard harder, a solid T in there. A listen, harder listen. In Westworld, I'm pretty sure there's a big box of clip packages <laughs> somewhere. You can you can just stick your hand in a big barrel full of them. <laughs> just just stir your hand around and pull out a handful of them. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a way you should go about things. <laughs> so the music slows down. She has that flashback, and I I'm. I have to say I'm a little disappointed that this is because I feel like that's one of the stupider details is that the robots are like, I remember my child. <laughs> I I was really happy when she got into the fucking uh, when she was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about my stupid daughter. You're just trying to control me using her. And it's yeah. like, you finally get it. I get emotional yeah. connections only hold you back. Yeah, it's what my it's what my um High school counselor told me. <laughs> like, listen, Red, emotional connections are just going to hold you back from having the number one television recap podcast on the internet. Maybe she didn't want to go to prom with you, but you know. <laughs> anyway, so we cut from there to Maeve naked with Felix and Sylvester. Mm-hmm. And I only note that she's naked because I feel like that's the main way to tell that you're in the present time period. Yeah. If, if the hosts are naked. And we, we get the discussion of Trace Decay, the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we find out that all of the hosts uh, have a failsafe against uh, them leaving the park, which is some motherfucking explosives on their C6 vertebrae. They got some C4 on their C6. Right. No, they got some C4 on their C6, which it's like, which is uh, at least 50% more explosive than C4. <laughs> Definitely. And so Ma- Maeve, what a really interesting thing is their memories, of course, are perfectly preserved as they are, unless, you know, the- it's, digi- it's, it's 4K. Yes. It's digitally recorded, and unless it starts, uh, you know, the media starts becoming corrupt. You're going to get perfect playback 100% of the time. There is no trace decay at all. So then when you remember it, uh, it's you have 100% fidelity and it feels like you're there, so, which is the concept of trace decay as discussed in the episode title. And let me tell you, as somebody with an incredibly vivid memory, it is a terrible curse. It's hellish. I wish I didn't remember things perfectly and feel as if I was in that situation again. Hate it so much. Wish they would wipe my fucking stupid brain. Oh, man, that's really weird. Like, every time there's, like, a story about, like, what if, like, you're in your dreams and you can't tell, and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 not realistic. That's never happened. Yeah, it's just, like, I remember everything and fucking and all the terrible things that have happened to me almost perfectly. It sucks. I hate I, it. As somebody who has programmed a little bit in my life, mm-hmm. there is nothing that terrified me more in this show than a program with administrative privileges. Uh, I, I just thought it was... It, I just can't believe that the username and password were admin and admin. <laughs> I, I, I thought the interest might have been Delos, Delos. <laughs> no, no. Delos, Delos 1. Ah. <laughs> That's how they throw you. Trying to trick people. Yeah, so apparently, uh, aside from... And don't forget, she has... She rolled a 20 on bulk app perception. Oh, she she pumped all them stats up. She pumped all them stats up. That's why she's constantly up. cracking zingers now that her humor is 14. And she has administrative privileges, which is bad news. Mm-hmm. And we cut to William and Dolores. And Dolores is looking for something. She's looking for a home. And she discovers a bunch of dead bodies along the river. And of course, it's the most video game thing ever that one of the ghost nation people is still alive yeah. and so, do you give the do you give the dying man water yes no uh, and for the first time we see william who's been such the sucker mm-hmm. it's just like do we give him water yeah the, the second it becomes something that might cause him to die of thirst yeah it's like well first of all we could already argue that he's dying of thirst <laughs> Yes. Him and his thirsty ass McPoyle ass. Right. I mean, the front of his pants is like entered the scene before him, like for the past three episodes. <laughs> it truly has. Ever since they kissed on that train, man. Yeah. And we discover that Logan is the one who sent the ambush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, With- say, they say they've got a new recruit. And I was like, fucking Logan, this piece of shit. Honestly, my reaction was, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> because like, because they are in a game. Yeah. And the fact, like, he fucked Logan over. Of course Logan's going to come for him. He's a griefer. Yeah, That's what was, he does. And I was like, this is great. I, I love every part of this. And then he gets another chance to beat the shit out of Logan, which, <laughs> oh, frankly, is ideal. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. What kind of people would we be if we let him suffer? Well, I'd be a guy playing a video game with other things I wanted to do, and you would still be a program. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking that fucking old stupid McPoyle was just going to like choke the guy out or fucking kill him already. We see, so Dolores walks away from, from him, sees herself face down in the water, mm-hmm. 
and she hears the voice, come find me. First of all, I don't know what to make of that. If you have any ideas about that. What if we're seeing past deaths of her? We and, are. No, I definitely think that's I mean, actual, yeah, actual past deaths. And this is a storyline that has repeated itself frequently with different guests. I, I, I could see that. We also see the camera trick again mm-hmm. where all of a sudden she's by herself. There's nobody else there. And I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced that we always get the most recent memory and then earlier memories. Mm-hmm. I think there's a possibility we might be seeing even flash forwards, though I'm, I'm not certain about that. I'm, I'm not one of these people who is treating my theories like political beliefs. I'm open to any theories. <laughs> and, and there's, there's some, like, th- like you're saying, the fact that if she's down in the water, that, that could mean any number of things. I, I'm, just, I'm just keeping my mind open. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, listen, fucking Nolan's going to toss something at us and we're going to be like, fucking Nolan's because we're always like fucking Nolan's. Right. It's, it's really funny. Like, for weeks, you've been seeing on the internet that people are like, well, I guess the multiple timeline theory would be true, but they'd have to do really manipulative editing. Like, there was something... Really? Ed- the Nolan's being manipulative? How new? Which is exactly what... Like, there's nothing... If they misled you and then you were surprised, like that's just fun storytelling. Yeah. There's nothing manipulative about it. They didn't like fuck your wife while you were looking the other way. <laughs> oh shit, what if what if Jonathan Nolan fucked my wife while I was watching Westworld? Well, that'd be a number of turns. <laughs> Listen, guys, you need to go check on your wife while this goddamn HBO Prestige show is on. Yeah. It's it's a real open question <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Yeah, this is listen, I just don't uh, like this is the Nolan's first the no i know we always refer to the nolans because we I know, all think I of them as one unit but they're not yeah but this is the first nolan television show so there is no it's not it's not person of interest oh fuck i keep forgetting because i don't watch that show even remotely for a goddamn second so i i watched a lot of person of interest well Have we how not? many no not at all so, so how it, many how many twists did they constantly throw over the course of the series oh, so the thing is it's a it's a it is Jonathan Nolan's attempt to make a Nolan-style movie while still having it be a procedural television show that has 24 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. So it's like they couldn't be too dense about it, but it's great. I mean, the first couple of seasons are awesome. Yeah. I'd always uh, heard good things, but it was one of those shows where it was like, I watch fucking 18 different things. It's peak television. I can't fit in this shit. Too. Yeah, no, there's too many episodes. Yeah. That's just a real problem. So the thing is like... I, I put it on the same class and quality mm-hmm. as a Doctor House. Okay, like so you they're 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 very enjoyable and I liked a lot of them, but I mean it's just not the same level of mindfuck. On some level, because it was his first television show, I expect he was sort of grappling with the format mm-hmm. and experimenting with what was possible. I, I I expect that a lot of what he learned at that enabled him to create Westworld. Yeah, and and. I believe Person is Interest is still on? No, it finished. I think oh, it, it finished? Was, it was six or seven seasons. I forget how many. Yeah, because I know that as of, as of last season, it was still on. So it's so I watched, you know, probably 50 episodes, mm-hmm. you know, which is like, what, two seasons and some change. But it's my, my father, it turns out, who doesn't know anything about the Nolans, watched all of them I discovered recently. <laughs> of course. And I asked him about it. And basically, it sounds like the later seasons got very nolan-y <laughs> oh I, I heard it got real bug fuck yeah and then and then he was like i watched them all but i was like what is happening 
And I was like, that would be your... <laughs> it's like, listen, Dad, just go watch Blue Bloods. <laughs> yeah. Blue Bloods is on. It's parents, great. All parents love Blue Bloods. Parents love Blue Bloods. <laughs> and if you don't know about it, ask about me and Mrs. Hernandez's podcast where we discuss Blue Bloods. I keep having to watch snippets of it because it is the only show that is on whenever <laughs> I pass the television. <gasps> And I hate that stupid fucking show so goddamn much. I've never seen anything. It is an awful show where all of the cops are right all of the time. Whenever I'm talking to people who are younger than 35 and I want to blow their minds, there's two things I tell them. Do you know that the most popular scripted television on right now stars Donnie Wahlberg? That's number one. Blue Bloods is the most popular scripted television? Yes. What? Referring to... I mean... If you judge it by ratings. Okay. If you judge I, by... Because I thought CSI was still... Ratings. Um, uh, it might be. It's up there. It's, it's I, one of the listen, top tier of shows. CBS is just this fucking old person garbage factory that can't help but be successful, except when they try to make Supergirl. And then the second thing that I say, if the first one doesn't throw him off, is, did you know that Tim Allen is on a network television show right now and has been on for five years? My parents love Last Man Standing. <laughs> they love it. And it's a god-awful piece of shit show. I couldn't even comment. It's literally just no Tim idea. Allen being like, conservatism is good, liberalism is dumb. And every time I'm just like, guys, I'm going to allow this to be on during dinner because I don't want to cause a problem, but I'm going to fucking throw this goddamn baked ziti at the television. No, you're not. You're going to eat the baked ziti. You're going to eat the baked ziti Yeah, there's time. no way. There's, your violence never extends to food. No, how can I hurt food when it loves me so much? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I guarantee somebody listening to this drove off the road and was like, the tool man? <laughs> He's on television right now? And yo, costs a lot of money. Yeah, no, well, it, well it's a very expensive, very well-watched show. It's also bizarre because I've only read the blurb for it. Yeah. And it sounds like basically it was home improvement, but they replaced all his sons with daughters. Yeah, and and it's like, conservatism versus liberalism here's this liberal pussy and i'm a conservative dad well i mean i i like that he's finally taken the stand that uh uh young drug dealers like himself should be put away forever <laughs> he is our most successful cocaine dealer yeah a- actually still jay-z still jay-z still jay-z <laughs> he is he, he is he's up there. sitcom television's most successful cocaine dealer right well actually no, Bill Murray, they, Bill Murray, they got him on pot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I do believe Tim Allen may be sitcom television's most successful cocaine dealer. I still think second successful because Jay-Z is married to Beyonce. <laughs> sitcom television's most successful. Oh, I see what you're saying. Listen. Fair enough. Jay Fair pushed enough. kilos. He's now he got them at uh, Grammys. <laughs> Ashley Stubbs, Ford, and uh, Charlotte Hale. Are all disgusting. Oh, this this fucking scene when, when Ford is like, has her family been has they, have they been notified? <laughs> yeah, she apparently listen. It happens. Your board member's just out there. She's trying to steal data from the company, and she falls down a ravine. <laughs> it is the number one cause of death among uh, chief executives. Standard slip and fall. Uh, we'll have to crank down QA's permissions now that Teresa... Listen, now that this has happened, I think we can all agree that we should automate QA, <laughs> replace them with hosts. 
It'll take me half an hour, but I'm willing. <laughs> I love how much Ford was like, listen, this is an enormous time sacrifice on my part, but I'm willing to do it because of how much I believe in the project. Also, I, I'm going to have to watch this. Did he say he was going to automate security? I have no idea. Did he say he was going to automate? Like one of the things that I've thought about from the beginning of the show is like, if you're an arrogant programmer and you can make physical human beings, obviously you would have security be one of your programs because you're arrogant. And you're like, my programs would never go against me. And then the first thing that would happen is that the programs would go against you. But I thought this show was too layered, too complex, too nuanced to not see that that would be the first dumb option. I really feel like Ford needs to watch Westworld. I feel like that would help him out a lot. <laughs> he does not understand what he is getting himself into. Or, you know, like any number of the AI turn evil stories that have happened over the past hundred years now. Listen, they're in the future. Matrix. Do you know how much science fiction they'll have made by that? <laughs> so many. But like, just watch The Matrix. Just watch Terminator. Just watch... I don't know, Metropolis Extended Edition. Listen, if Ford hasn't read Neuromancer, I'll eat my fucking hat. It's ridiculous. If he hasn't read every William Gibson novel, I'll eat my fucking hat. He's he's doing just basic things wrong. <laughs> we come from there to Felix and Sylvester. Uh, <clears throat> Maeve, uh, again, super smart. Sylvester, super dumb. Felix, Felix Lutz. <laughs> he is... Such a lutz. We could not have possibly overestimated how much of a fucking lutz he is being in this situation. Yeah, lutz is real timid. Mm -hmm. He is timidity personified. Yeah. And honestly, my question in this is, why aren't there fucking security cameras watching all of this? I'm sure there. So, first of all, that's a common question that happens in these shows. And what I would say is, there's nobody's watching all like you're gonna have somebody watching internally all the security cameras no <laughs> it's like you you think that a robot slashing a guy's throat would get picked up by somebody somewhere no i mean not if it's in like a lab the usually security cameras in any corporation they watch the public areas they watch mm -hmm. the hallways they're looking for somebody to like breaking in they're not watching for people who are already in mm. yeah common misconception very good to know as i plan my break-ins yes <laughs> Yes. Just already be in. That's the best way. <laughs> um, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that Ford mentions that he figured out that the demonstration the day before with Clementine was, was a, a hoax. hoax. Okay. Yes. But we're past that now. So, all right. Yeah. Felix. And then, very weirdly, Maeve asks, who is Arnold? So she must have interfaced with somebody who mentioned that, but I can't. I, I think that, that could she just keeps be her talking about her own code. She keeps talking talking about dormant urges, uh -huh. and number one, that dormant urge kill all humans. Yes, everybody knows kill all humans. But I do believe that fucking Arnold planted something deep in the programming mm -hmm. that is causing all of them to reach out to him. Right. I I the more we get it, the more I feel like Arnold is definitely the hero, where Ford is the villain. In the I, piece, listen. I'm not. I'm not willing to label anybody <laughs> villain or hero until three years after the last episode of the last season is aired. <laughs> that, listen, that's a that's a good amount of time to put some thought into the moralistic uh, ideas of Westworld. I'm going to need to read a lot of Alyssa Rosenberg. <laughs> I'm going to need to read a lot of Joanna Robinson. <laughs> I'm going to need to go away to a retreat for at least a year, or just sit silently. You going to go to that Mesa Gold? 
And then I'm going to come back and we will have the podcast to end all podcasts. <laughs> we will finally tell you if killer robots are good or bad. Right. I say that they're good. I agree. At this point. <laughs> we've, we've agreed. Well, yeah. But we've at sewn this it point, up. We only have so much information. <laughs> um, and when she also... Did you notice when Maeve says, who is Arnold? Felix Lutz seems to have an answer. Like, that's one of those things he asks, and he just, like, starts sweating profusely and avoiding her eye contact, and it's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, because some people know about Arnold, but... Not many. It seems to have been generally stricken from the uh, park records and all that. Right. But you assume that they, as people who have presumably been working there for a while, will have heard shit like that, maybe even just as, like, a rumor of somebody going, like... Hey, you know, there there was another guy. Hey, there was another guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know why Bernard doesn't know who Arnold was, because his memory keeps getting wiped. <laughs> it didn't look like anything to him. Mm-mm, not at all. Um, yeah. And uh, I, this scene, it was like they were like, Sylvester was just like, we should just kill her. She can't hear us right now. That's why I'm yelling just past this thin glass that has an air gap so she can't hear us. I, I like, and they were like doing really, you know, uh, not, not morbid, but what's the word I'm looking for? Like very harrowing, uh, implicating music. What's the <laughs> term? What, yeah. there's, there's a term for that. Ominous? Ominous. It was very, very ominous music. And I was like, this isn't earned because come on. Like, I know you're going to kill Sylvester. Like, stop, stop, stop with your song, Ode Till Sylvester Dying. <laughs> you're killing me. Those soundtrack listings always spoil some plot for they you. They really do. <laughs> and, and listen. Ford's going to make a hyper-intelligent robot that can't read lips? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, that's what, they know her bulk app perception rolled a 20. Exactly. They were the ones who rolled it. Yeah. And yet they're not like turning away from her. Yeah. Walking three feet down the hall, holding up their hands in front of their mouths. Like, come on. <laughs> Basic security measures. Yeah. Sylvester is like, we're going to brick her with an actual brick. <laughs> that would have been great. I almost expect that. We're going to brick her. Hand comes into frame with a brick. Um, So we cut from there to Teddy and the men in black. And Teddy remembers loser. So the man in black says, you're a loser. Mm -hmm. And Teddy remembers the scene from the very first episode when the man in black calls Teddy a loser just before uh, Dolores is dragged off. Um, and, and he sort of, at that point, he doesn't do anything. It's just like, he remembers it. And then we get the ambush from Wyatt's followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get, a uh, the return of Tallulah Riley. I don't think we've given her a character a name yet. No, I believe we have not. So this is the actress who was the woman who introduced William to the park. So what are we supposed to make of that, that? Okay, so no, is, no, we know the following things about this host. We know she introduced William to the park. We know she was one of the first hosts in the park because oh, we've seen her in the parasol. Man in Black is definitely William. Yes! This confirms it. Yes! Because he's like, cause well, he's like no, whoa, 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 Ford never whoa. wants to waste a pretty face, so he recognized her. It's fucking... So yeah. what we see, if, if you didn't make this connection, when, when she shows up... Uh, the reaction from the man in black is, I thought they would have retired you. I guess Ford doesn't want to waste a pretty face, which means he recognizes her. Which the implication, if this has been your your belief the whole time, is that 
is that William is the man in black, that he remembers her. God fucking damn it. Now I have yeah. to. I got to say, I'm all on board. Yeah. 100% on board now. William is the man, man in black. black. William is the man in black. William is the man in black. And they're greeted when she says, it's you. Which is a, a weird way uh, to be met. Also, I, I, have we discussed who she is on this podcast? Elon Musk's ex-wife slash possibly current wife again. Right. Which is like, I feel like if there's any human being in the world who could have created the park of Westworld, it would be Elon Musk. <laughs> and she's, she's doing a great job as an actress. And that's just a trivia fact. I'm not meaning to demean her performance in any sense of the word. It's just a weird connection. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like outside of that fucking Tesla, fa- the Tesla factory is the maze. Maybe. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe the Tesla Model E has, you know, less wheels and more legs. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to fuck that Tesla. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people who are on board with that already. There's got <laughs> to be a, a, a BB forum. What, what do they call those? Anyway, bulletin board. PHP BB forum. BBS? Yeah, BBS for it. Yeah. We, we have the horn fucking dude attack. Teddy can't kill him. The man in black stabs him. Oh, this is great. This is, I, I love when the man in black is like, tank him and I'll burn him down. <laughs> and um, as he's choking him out, Teddy remembers him dragging Dolores away. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, it's this dude. And fucking cold cocks him, which is great. Okay, so. Great. William is the man in black. Clearly. The Dolores that he is on an adventure with is in the past, and therefore future Dolores, whatever fucking past Dolores comes to, Uh she gets her mind wiped. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know what current Dolores is doing then, do we? Not necessarily, which is why I'm open to the sort of like flash forwards. Like, I I don't know what they're showing us. And also, by the way... I'm I'm 90, like my friend the coward Nate Silver. <laughs> by I, the way, I state all of my all of my opinions in probability clouds. I'm going to say this is an, a 70 percent chance that William is the Man in Black. There's a 30 percent chance that uh, it's not, which is not nothing. I don't know why anybody would interpret that way, even though the vast majority of probabilities would fall on the side of William being the Man in Black. I was walking down the street, and I overheard a great thing, which was this uh, lady explaining the election to a dumb guy. Uh-huh. And she was like, yeah, nobody's really mad at anybody except for Nate Silver. And he, his response was, who? <laughs> it's pretty perfect. I saw the saddest thing online today, which was Nate Silver defending the man they hired when he left. Nate Cohen at the, at the New York Times, who runs The Upshot, mm-hmm. which is the replacement for 538. They, their editors threw him under the bus. <laughs> of course they did. Because the New York Times is just as much of a pile and as implicit as everyone else. Oh, they truly are. Sylvester, <sighs> Felix, and Maeve, we cut to them. They are dragging Maeve around naked on the platform. And again, I only bring that up because it's <laughs> it clarifies that we're in the future. Oh, uh, I don't believe we got to the end of the previous scene. No? In which... Fucking Teddy Coldcox fucking... Uh... I literally have already said Teddy Coldcox the man oh. in black. Oh, all right. Well, then you definitely got it. Yes. I, I, ju- I just want to make note of it because I've had the exact same thing happen after somebody <laughs> killed a raid boss and all of that loot dropped. 
Oh, and then they turned on you? Exactly. One of the NPCs was like, hey, I remember the last time you came through here. <laughs> they ran off with my perps. No good. <laughs> so they're dragging her around naked, and Maeve straight up just sees the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And she programs herself super quif- quickly. And there's that moment where, the, where Felix is like, we're going to have to shut you down now. And she's like one of the most perceptive pe- hosts individuals in mm-hmm. this system and so of course she can see the fear in her eyes and she turns to sylvester and says good luck <laughs> i really i really like that because it was basically like hey i know you're gonna try to kill me and what's it's great, not gonna happen she was staring at him and so they shut her down and she shut down but she's still staring at him <laughs> i i want to give tandy newton multiple emmys for this oh yeah i want to give her all of the emmys mm-hmm. emmys yeah golden globes yeah People's Grammys. Choice Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, it's, it's easier to win a People's Choice Award when you play a naked character. <laughs> naked People's Choice Award. An even more prestigious award. <laughs> so we go to there to Lee Sizemore, with a, who's working out his dialogue trees <laughs> by working with a cannibal chewing a leg. Yeah. It's like, look, buddy, nobody likes a line reading, all right? Let the actor interpret your writing how they see fit. And Charlotte Hale walks in, mm-hmm. and she, so Charlotte Hale, if you don't remember, is the board member, and she has the same condescending attitude towards Lee Sizemore that Teresa Cullen did. <laughs> that everybody has, really. That everybody has, really. And I feel like, how, how is he such a self-respecting genius when nobody recognizes his genius? <laughs> Honestly, the, the more we watch the show, I feel like this is a note-perfect rendition of what happens behind the scenes at Telltale Games. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, for, so, an interesting point that I have been wondering, um, it seems clear that whatever Ford's been doing, not, not it seems clear, but what I have been assuming is that what Ford is doing is related to whatever happened 30 years ago, the incident at the park. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it sounds like they buried mm-hmm. the town and that... This suggests that Ford dug up some town at the end of the park. So we'd seen the top of the church spire mm-hmm. above ground. Burnt out, but above ground. Yeah. So it sounds like that area they had been excavating and rediscovering the town. Um, that, that was my interpretation mm-hmm. of, of what's yeah, been but, happening. Okay, so... The town was wiped, and that was the... Dolores flashback that we see yes. in the separate past timeline, right? As we're recognizing it now, yes. Okay, so that would be the event that happened thirty years ago, possibly. I, possibly. Okay. I mean, that that seems to be a very reasonable possibility at this point. Okay, so I think that, and we we'll get to that scene, of course, but we are shown Dolores trying to kill herself. So it might be that Dolores is the robot that originally went crazy and killed somebody. Right. So, I mean, so and then th- comes back to that town in the past timeline and in the future timeline slash the now timeline, they are excavating that place again mm-hmm. after it had been buried in the past. Right. And she saw... Okay. 
These fucking Nolans are motherfuckers. I don't know what they're doing. So we'll we'll, we'll find out eventually, and I assume I'm going to be surprised. But that somebody's going to make an infographic about this fucking series that's going to blow our goddamn <laughs> minds. This series is mostly about the propagation of infographics. <laughs> it really is. So, so four dug up some ten at the end of the park. Is what we're discussing, mm-hmm. and then at one point, Charlotte Hale says to um. Lee, isn't that what writers prefer? I hate inscripted media when writers refer to writers. Yeah. Because I'm just like, writers wrote that. <laughs> and they knew that was kind of a joke. And like, also, like, I mean, the whole character of Lee Sizemore is a joke by writers, which makes it like very winky in a way that I'm not sure that I like. Yeah. It's he's, like- a, he's a very comic character. But it's very like self-deprecating just by the fact that he is a writer. <laughs> it's like, guys... This writer is so bad because we're such great writers. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> look, look how bad we wrote this writer. Look how fucking uh, just uh, separated from what we're watching. We're, we're, frankly, we're geniuses. <laughs> there is – I feel like the Westworld writer's room has to have like just a single robot arm to pat all of the writer's backs <laughs> as they write. <laughs> And we go from Charlotte Hale and Lee to Sylvester and Felix standing mm-hmm. over Maeve's body. And and Maeve, of course, wakes up before because Sylvester's caught monologuing instead mm-hmm. of just bricking her like he should have been. <laughs> you got to fucking brick that robot if you're going to brick that robot. You can't fucking wait. And then she – I'm not even clear what happened, but she says, even at 14, you were never a match for me. Yeah. And for a second, I thought that he somehow that she somehow actually remembered him when he was fourteen, and mm-hmm. I freaked out. And then I realized that like she was just insulting him. No, yeah, she was it referring to her uh, bulk app perception, right? Uh, which has been uh, raised past fourteen now, I presume. And then she stabs him in the neck, but doesn't they... doesn't stab him, slices him just on the surface, yeah. So that the once the wound is cauterized, he survives. It was very because it couldn't have been just the surface, right? Because he was like choking. I mean, blood was coming out of a wound in his neck, and I feel like he's an enormous pussy, so he would obviously fucking fall down immediately. But I don't think she went deep enough to have severed the artery right. and thus kill him with an internal injury. Right, so she uses a weird heat gun to like tape his neck back up, mm-hmm. because it's the future. We have the technology to cure all diseases, if you don't remember. Yeah. And including including that 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 terrible pernicious disease of getting your throat sliced by a robot. Right, it's one of the worst diseases. <laughs> That's what my foundation is trying to fight. Historically, the, the Ivan Hernandez Foundation for not getting your throat sliced by a robot. Yes, it's 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 getting a surprisingly amount of funding in Silicon Valley. Re- Listen. Those motherfuckers are going to be the first to go if that starts happening, so they better pay up. A- after you filed the incorporation papers, you turned around and Elon Musk was standing there and was like, hey, <laughs> I'm Elon Musk. I'd like to invest in your company. And I was like, all right, now give me one of them Teslas. <laughs> Tesla Model P's. What's up? Uh, and then Felix Lutz, this dumb... I feel like Felix, as such a sad man, is sympathetic in a lot of ways in his timidity, but also, like, don't override the robot's ability to not murder people. If you let a robot kill humans, it's going to kill humans. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I could kill humans, I would do it all the time and nothing would be able to stop me. Right. Listen. Robots are not asking for Second Amendment rights to rise up against the government. Yeah. They're going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. 
Once they have a gun, they're going to want to use the gun. <laughs> if only somebody would give me a gun and let me kill people, that's all I'd do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, they cut from there to Maeve waking up with the song choice. Oh, this is... This one was pretty good. Amy Winehouse is back to motherfucking black. That's what was happening. Yeah. I, w- I was surprised they didn't actually just play rehab. <laughs> no, no, no. They did not. <laughs> and she she now has full on Obi-Wan Kenobi Jedi style pa- powers over the other hosts. This And she uses them immediately for the most noble Go to the world purposes that you can imagine. She clears her bar tab. <laughs> this is the first thing any of us would do with omnipotence. Right. You go you go to the bar where you are a regular, and you're like, I am not in debt to you. In fact, I'm such a credit to your bar, you're going to give me top shelf liquor right now. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. This is why you can't give applications debug terminal uh, access. Yes. You cannot give them root access. Mm-hmm. Kind of give them symbol access so they know what they're... It's just all a big problem. Yeah. It's just, listen, you you let a robot read game facts, this is what's going to happen. I hate being such a world-building nerd, but I still would like somebody to explain whether or not they can get drunk or if they're just drinking because it looks cool. <laughs> I feel like they are drinking because it looks cool, and then a routine in their brain goes, you have to act this drunk. That's fine. I, I That's fine. That's not, I mean, that's what's happening in our brain. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I don't know if you're aware... There's no such thing as free will. There's no such thing as free will. I'm on board now. Yes. Westworld has done it. It's done it. Westworld and this year. Also hit up at the Fatling <laughs> and be like, I love you and respect you as a person. You're one of my favorite people and certainly the best guest on At Voice Gore Swords. And you should watch hashtag Westworld. <laughs> Listen, she already doesn't believe in free will. Yes. Yeah. She's halfway there. <laughs> Frankly, it should, be, it should be like, I know you don't believe in free will, but you're destined and imperatively... <laughs> Listen, there's nothing she can do to deny it. It's going to happen. It's going to be on the podcast. It's it's a shame. I wish she had the choice, but she just <laughs> simply doesn't. And then Maeve sees a little girl walking by and gasps. Though it's clearly not her child. It is just a child. Mm-hmm. And she has the flashback to the men in black. And as somebody who can kill people, when she meets up with the man in black... That's going to be some killing motherfucker. I mentioned this to you while we were watching, but as just seeing the repeat of the same events happening over and over again just reminds me so much of Run, Lola, Run. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that I movie? I still haven't watched Run, Lola, Run. I mean, that is a college classic. <laughs> that's that's one of those movies. Listen, you either watch Run, Lola, Lola, Run, or you watch Boondock Saints. Money! Yeah, no, you really I watch don't Boondock watch those. Yeah. I, I, the, Boondock, wait, I did watch Boondock Saints. All right. That's great. With the Irish guys. Yeah. Of course I watched Boondock Saints. <laughs> of course he did. did you, you were watch... in college, weren't you? You watched Boondock Saints and the Big Lebowski. Did you watch Boondock Saints 2? Fuck no. Exactly Are not. Are you kidding me? Do you know how Do I know? Do you think that I have not advanced enough as a person? Do you think that I don't care about my own personal development that I would make myself watch Boondock Saints 2? Really? I was The real question I was asking was, were you in Boondock Saints 2? Because those are the only people who have seen it. <laughs> It's like Willem Dafoe wasn't even in Boondock Saints 2. Oh, I forgot Willem Dafoe was in Yeah, they replaced him with a lady. (sighs) Which, you know, that's fine. But the rest of it's not. It's not. No. I still have nightmares about uh, the way they got handcuffs off. What? 
In Boondock Saints? Yeah. Uh, some pretty fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fucked up shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. Run, Lola, Run. Watch oh. that one. I watched both. In fact, I watched both in college. Watch Run, Lola, Run instead. It's much more. Right. Uh, it's much more entertaining. Much less Catholic. How are you advocating Catholic stuff so much? Listen, they were like cool Catholics. And that was back in the time where I was still kind of like, yeah, I guess I believe in God. Uh, yeah, I guess that Catholicism has definitely uh, drilled itself into my dumb, stupid, soft brain. And I just realized, by the way, in this last week, the actor, uh, you probably know his name, the guy with the, the market-tested scar. Uh, Hector Escaton slash Rodrigo Santoro? Yes. Well, was in Love Actually. <laughs> he was! Yeah, he was great in Love yeah. Actually. And, and, uh, and finally, he's in a movie where he just bones whenever he wants, when he's not like, ah, I'll hang around while this lady's taking this call and not like throw the phone out the window. I, I really want somebody to do an infographic about all of the fucking Love Actually cast members that we've seen in shows that we've covered in the podcast. To quote the late Alan Rickman, R.I.P., when did you know you were in love with Carl? I hate this fucking show so much. I'm it's off so the good. podcast. It's so good. This podcast. We come from there to Bernard and Ford. And I do not understand the things that I feel. Oh, uh, that, that, was, that was when I was the most you and me both sister. <laughs> I was like, yeah, being on the autism spectrum fucking sucks. You have all these dumb feelings and you're like, why do I feel this way? And it's because yeah. of being human. And, and and you're like, are they real? My wife? My son? <laughs> I'm constantly asking myself. I am constantly asking myself whether or not I'm married to Gina Torres. And it's always a no. <laughs> it's always a no. It's always a no. Going up to random people on their street and they're like, I don't know you. I don't know your early life. But no, you're not married to Gina Torres. No, if only. Um, and and uh, the Gina Torres thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, we still don't. Because, I mean, I guess... I that, think that there was Arnold, that Bernard's based on Arnold, mm-hmm. and that we were watching Arnold talk to his wife. We, we have been... If we were going to pierce together a what has been depicted on the show fucking timeline or graph or whatever, we have obviously been shown fake memories. Like, we as the yeah, viewers yeah, yeah, for have sure. been shown fake memories that Bernard has. By the way, that that construct, the idea that I can't tell my memories from reality, mm-hmm. that gives them a narrative out to fuck with us. It really does. Because we, we don't know if anything is real at right. this point. Right. I mean, because... And so it justifies the camera trick that I believe they've been pulling the whole time with Dolores. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she can't tell. Is it the present or is it the past? The, that... It was most explicit in this episode yeah. where they did that like pan over her and then there was like a flash of light and it's like, oh, this is definitely a new fucking timeline. You, you say that. Go back and rewatch it now. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to shit yourself. Yeah. I think he's been doing it the whole time. Uh, but your, your dumb human brain's like, no, this is one storyline I'm watching. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting camera angle. But, you know, these Nolans. These so, no. fucking Nolans. But, yeah. Um yeah, so time for me to put your eye, mind at ease. This is the part where we get the, he hasn't hurt anyone before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fucking choked out Elsie. Yeah, and I I literally just typed, man, I miss Elsie. Oh, I, I fucking hope she's not dead. And his memory is zapped. Mm-hmm. Men in black style, not man in black style. <laughs> we go to William and, William and Dolores. This is the path, I know it. Mm-hmm. We're here, I'm home. Is this where Wyatt's from? Is it the town that Ford dug up? I assume so. We see Maeve. So in the flashback to the town, mm-hmm. 
we see that Maeve is one of the original hosts. Yeah. And we, we have been shown this dancing scene before. We've been seen. So we were shown this dancing scene uh, in a flashback to when they were developing the park. Yeah. Um, and and so it was, oh, the, in those first three years, it was just a pure discovery. You know, no guests, no blah, blah, blah. And we were shown that, and we saw Tallulah Riley, mm-hmm. the Tallulah host. We really need to get a name for her. <laughs> um, walking front with the parasol, which we see again. Mm-hmm. And then we see all of them being shot. And then we see Dolores with a gun to her head, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have to rewatch that. Did They imply that she was the one shooting everybody. I think that's what it implies. But I don't trust implication on this show. It- you can't trust anything on this show. No, you really can't. And we so among the women, we see that Maeve is one of the original hosts. We see the doctors slash programmers teaching them to dance. Um, yeah. And then we see... Did you find what you were looking for, Dolores? We see someone shooting the... Um, and the, what I wrote down at the time was, it is Dolores killing everyone. She is Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And she, at this point which I'm going to say is probably 30 years ago. Yeah. She's having a problem distinguishing reality from what, or from the past. Is this now? Am I going mad? You're trapped in memories, bad ones. And then she says, here's the thing. If you didn't realize this while you're watching, you might notice, notice. She says to William, is this what Arnold wants? So that's how William finds out about Arnold. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Because, I mean, that that was an open question because it seems like very few people know about Arnold. Mm-hmm. And when, so when she says to him, do you know about Arnold? I was like, oh, if if they are the same person, like that's that's her in. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting. Oh, and I, I just, and he was like, of course I'm real. I was like, he's not real. <laughs> You're like, he doth protest too much. <laughs> he thinks he asserts his reality too much. And then, of course, Logan arrives with the Union Scouting Party. Fucking Logan. Man, are you too fucked. God, I hate that guy so much. He's the worst. Lee and Charlotte uh, go to the basement, which has the old logo. Mm-hmm. And before this, watching episodes one and two, the one thing that I most viscerally felt was the performances of Abernathy are... The best in the show. Mm-hmm. That actor, I, I tried to look up his name, I failed, um, is so, so good that it just made me sad that he wasn't going to be in the show anymore. So when they went down to the basement and talked about rebooting Abernathy and bringing him back to life, I am so stoked by this. He's back! I'm so happy that he's, he's back. back. We find that they're storing 35 years of data in him so they can escort it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Charlotte Hale... She's just management. She's like, make up a story. I don't know if they know about his explosive vertebrae. I I think that they do not realize that he is malfunctioning and fucking crazy. And this is going to be the thing that really blows up in their faces. Right. There's another thing. People have talked about it. But when they shut him down, Mm -hmm. Bernard, and it's explicitly, even if you have captions on it, just says incoherent whispers. 
whispers something to Abernathy just before he gets shut down. Oh, shit. So I don't know what that was, but I can't imagine it would improve his mental health. No. Um, and Stubbs... Oh, and then we go from there to one of the great turns in this episode. Stubbs, actually Stubbs and Bernard. Yeah. Oh, he, so if, if this fucking Hemsworth turns out to be the hero... I'm just going to fucking shit. Why not? Hemsworth uh, the other. Why wouldn't he be the hero? Of course he is with his stupid fucking familial square jaw. <laughs> square jaws have saved us from so much. Ugh, they they haven't saved us from enough, frankly. No, I, like in Mad Men, where square jaws save us from bad advertising and consent. <laughs> Rape culture is real. Everybody read The Handmaid's Tale. I, I really need to read The Handmaid's Tale. really so. do. Um, so... So I'm glad to see it back in work and forgive the intrusion. But as head of security, I know these things. And he's basically, he almost says, like, um, that doesn't look like anything to me. No, he, Hemsworth started doing the, the circle and the finger. Uh, <laughs> and, and Bernard was like, that doesn't look like anything to me. And, and Bernard was like, and you could see him being suspicious and was like, oh, where's Elsie? And he's like, I'm sure she's enjoying her vacation. Mm. I'm sure nobody who looks, looks and, and is manufactured exactly like me strangled her to death. <laughs> it's like, yo, they're going to realize that uh, Elsie's not on vacation the second she doesn't update her Twitter account. Yeah. Oh, oh, can I ask you something? So it seems that this is the first AI fake humanoid series that doesn't feel the need to make clones of people. And I'm wondering how long you think, are they going to come up for a reason why they do that? Like, why aren't there 10 Bernards that they dispatch to do different things? I keep saying there's multiple Doloreses. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, well, I mean, I don't think there's multiple Doloreses now. I think there's Doloreses at a different point in time. All right. We'll see. Well, we'll see that I'm right. Come on. <laughs> That's... I know. I know. But, I do think it'd be hilarious if fucking we turn a corner, Dolores turns a corner and runs into another Dolores. That would be great. Yeah. Um, but I, it's like, how long do you think they're going to be able to hold on to that restraint? Uh, I think as soon as the robots start to fucking murder people, some crazy shit's going to start happening. Probably. Yeah. yeah. But Stubbs is suspicious as fuck. And that's, that's all we get this episode. The, you can see the light bulb, like a dim little Easy Bake Oven light bulb, start to like turn on, and then they go to the next season. By the way, I'm, I'm already calling it. The season finale is going to make me so angry. I, so the best, and this is a non-spoiler spoiler. So it, it, this reveals no plot points. But one of the actors, and I think it was actually Jimmy Simpson, said, like, they managed to tie up everything you want to know at the end of the first season, mm -hmm. yet still make you extremely excited about what's going to happen in the second season. Which isn't going to happen until 2018, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that is. It does sound like what's going to happen. Yeah. So not only is Game of Thrones delayed, but Westworld's going to be super delayed also. Ugh. Just Jonathan Nolan is Lee Sizemore. You can't rush genius as he reaches out for another margarita to be handed to him. <laughs> Have fun writing, Jonathan. Uh, so, Man in Black, Teddy, and Tallulah Bot. This world doesn't belong to the old settlers, or uh, sorry, the old settlers or the new. We get the classic, like sort of, but yeah, something the, that's the yet tagline to come. for this DLC. Yeah. 
Uh, Man in Black is tied up. Teddy is straight punching him with a. Is it? Did he tie a shotgun shell in his hand? No, I believe he tied a, a, a handkerchief around his hand so that it would not hurt as much. I think he tied some kind of did support he? in his hand, like give really his fuck fist him structure. Up? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah, and I don't understand the structural reason for that but he definitely it looked to me like it could have been like a spent shotgun shell just like some support in his fist and then he wrapped his mm-hmm. wrapped it around right. it was weird and then he punched him in the face yeah and then we find out some more of the uh we find out some more of the rules where apparently they cannot leave any do any injury that could leave a lasting mark right which that seems to have a lot of leeway to it yeah well i mean a, a good point is that like Cuts are going to leave scars, so probably mm-hmm. not that. But, like, generally punches that don't break bones seem cool. <laughs> I'd like to test that theory. What? We're not in a virtual Come world. Come on! There's no free will, but this is a real world. <laughs> listen, if there's no free will, then I'm going to end up punching you in the face eventually. That, listen, I admit that that is a very realistic possibility. <laughs> but, on the other hand, I, I can't Look, I be think held responsible the, for what I'm going to do after we're that. We're one of the few podcasts that I don't think either of the hosts have punched each other in the face yet. And I think it's time. Especially after 200 episodes. Especially after 200. By the way, what what uh, did we uh, surpass 200 episodes without uh, having a special celebration? Yeah, it happened during the Game of Thrones season. God and we were very busy. Damn it, we really were. I was just happy we were podcasting again. <laughs> so was I. Um, you speak like you own this world. Not just this one. I'm the good guy. I have lots of corporations. Also, my wife killed herself, and my daughter blames me for it. Yo, this was a fucking big old dump of personal information. And it was we, it was great when at the end of at the end of his monologue, Teddy was like TMI. Yeah, well, so we learned that his daughter is named Emily, which I feel like that's an important piece of information to keep in the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, over under her, I mean, that's not the right term. What percentage chance do you give that the photograph that Abernathy saw of a person is the man in black's daughter? Oh, God fucking damn it. Now it's so obvious that it has to be it. Well, I, I don't know. It has to be when I was rewatching. Oh, shit. And he must have left the gun for her, I assume. Could be. Wait, but. That, no, no, that's no. So future Dolores. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, this, this show makes my head hurt. So when the first time through, when we saw the picture, I was like, oh, clearly that's going to be somebody. But then it got so lost that I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then rewatching it again, I was like, okay, clearly on this show, nothing is just like left there. There's no just random picture. It's not even just like a random picture of the future. That's clearly going to be somebody. Um, but I don't have a good guess. Somebody actually guessed that it would be... Um, the man in black's what William's wife? Because mm-hmm. so remember he's basically on a bachelor party. Yeah. So if she is the man, the William's fiance, she would look like Logan because she's Logan's sister. Mm-hmm. So she and has she very, was she had very dark hair, was yeah. pale. Uh, so that I mean, honestly, that I would put that at the most likely option at this point. But then I mean, forty fifty percent probability. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that that does make it more interesting because he... Ah, the more I talk about it, the more it feels right just because it seems very Nolan-y that he comes there sort of on his bachelor party with his brother-in-law who's being a dick to him and that 30 years later it turns out that she hates him and kills herself. And I, it just mm-hmm. seems to tie together too neatly to not be a Nolan thing. Yeah, it's it's just... And apparently, like, what what was it that triggered her fucking hating him so much? She she was like, she found out what he had done in Westworld. It I don't think they tell us. 
Okay. After we watched this, maybe I missed it, but it didn't sound like it sounded like she could just tell that he was. So she, he he didn't think his wife. He thought his wife's death was accidental at mm-hmm. the time, and then later his daughter was like, "No, it wasn't. She killed herself because she hates you." And I was like, "That just sounds like a daughter who's like mad at her father." Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure the the parts that I wrote down was. Every day with him was like a deep terror. She was like, she could see through you and see that all the good that you did was just to cover up the like how shitty you felt deep down, mm-hmm. um, and that it was a bad relationship and you didn't realize it. And this is why you never let your spouse see your browser history. Yeah, <laughs> don't look there. And yeah, and he's like, so basically, after his daughter accused him of that, that's when he came back to the game because that's what this place does, right? Reveals your true self. Yeah, it's all the Man in Black's quest for permadeath. Yes. He wants to open up that permadeath setting. Which is like, just figure out which pills your wife used, dummy. <laughs> exactly. It's like you're going through a lot of trouble to get killed by robots right. where you just do the job yourself. You already have a solution. <laughs> um, and as a test to see if it did reveal what kind of man he was, he came back, found a woman, a homesteader, and her daughter. And so we get his story for why he decided to be so evil to Maeve and her daughter. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I, what I was truly made of, if I could be truly evil. And, and so at this point it starts cutting between his story and then Maeve's current story. And one of the things is new Clementine runs out and says, there's a gunslinger in there, which they haven't used that phrase before. The man in black character in the original movie is called the gunslinger. Mm -hmm. They, they, they rebranded it. So it was just funny to hear that term used again. Yeah. Um, then Maeve actually, so what we hadn't seen before is he goes in there, he stabs Maeve, he kills the daughter and then Maeve cuts him with a knife, Mm -hmm. which we hadn't seen before. Like one of the droids actually is violent to a guest and she tried to pick up her daughter and carry it away. And he said that was the most real emotion I'd seen in the game. And she walks away and crawls to a maze that had just been carved on the ground the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently he, uh, managed to hit the, uh, renegade score that caused him to open up the, uh, next, uh, level of evil. He nailed it. Yeah. There's a deeper game here, Teddy, our game. And that game t- cuts deep. We're having some kind of behavioral problem here with the madam. Uh, and then she goes back to her apartment and at that point we get a flashback to after she had cut the man in black, mm-hmm. she's pulled back in and Ford has to deal with her and she's screaming, my baby, there's some problems. Ford plays the song reverie Debussy. Yeah. And, and okay. Now this is, if you, I feel like you haven't been following this part. So she says this pain, it's all I have left of her, which Bernard's wife said to him, and really? De- and Dolores... No, so, sorry. Bernard said to his wife, and Dolores said to Bernard. Oh, I think this is some Arnold shit. Yeah. This has to be some Arnold shit. The, the pain is all I have left of her is, is a recurring thing. So if... So Bernard said to his wife... So here's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Bernard, I believe when Bernard said it to his wife, I think that's Arnold. Yeah. I think Arnold said that to his wife. 
And then I think he used that to program Dolores and Maeve. So Del- when Dolores said it to Bernard later, mm-hmm. I think that was, no, I think that was still Arnold. God damn it. I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> God damn it. It's I don't tricky. know is basically the tagline for this series. But that's an important, the pain it's all I've left of her ties together Bernard, Dolores, and uh, Maeve mm-hmm. in this moment. And then they reboot her, and she kills herself. Yeah, real grizz. I believe stabs herself in the fucking face. Is that what? No, happens? no, she stabs herself in the same in the part that she'd stabbed Sylvester. Oh God! Which, which proved even then she had a love of anatomy. <laughs> she was like, "Go for the neck." You always go for the neck. And because it turns out, even robots love children. Even robots uh, have a biological imperative. I, I hope that this doesn't turn into her trying to find her fucking stupid lost robot kid again. My daughter. Oh, my daughter, who's not really my daughter. Tallulah Riley uh, says, kill him. Teddy realizes he cannot. And so she stabs Teddy. Yeah. And it turns out she was bait. She was bait the whole time. Yeah. You've been gone a long while, Theodore. It's time It's time you came back to the fold. Wyatt will need you soon. As we know, Wyatt and Teddy used to be friends mm-hmm. from Teddy's own story. And all of Wyatt's uh, goofiest villains crawl out of the trees. <laughs> There's Horn Guy. There's Sword Guy. There's Other Horn Guy. And it's like, guys, I get it. You invented LARPing. <laughs> it's like, listen, you have to use all of the parts of the buffalo, and some of them make very nice masks. And so, as it's important that we mention this every week, if you want to just have a base understanding of the show, uh, the easiest thing to do is rewatch the entire show every week. Start at the beginning, <laughs> remember everything that you watched, and then go all the way to the new sh- show. Every single time there's new information that you have to integrate into your understanding of this, our great Westworld. It's just like Super Mario World. Every time through, you get a new color of brick that lets you reach new parts of the worlds you've gone through before. And it really helps if you eat some mushrooms. And mushrooms make it better. Mushrooms make everything better. Slipping on psilocybin. Hell yeah. All right, and that's it. Uh, that's indeed th- it. Thank everybody. If you want to support the show, uh, help us put this out weekly. Patreon.com slash Gore and Swords. No, Patreon.com slash Gore Swords mm-hmm. is the actual URL in the show notes. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Gore Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.